Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome back to the Spirit, Soul, and Body series. It's end our spiritual category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. In this series, we break down the human anatomy into its parts, spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit being who has a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. We dive into the meaning and purpose of each part and how these three parts, your spirit, your soul, and your body, all work together. We talk about two distinct lifestyles, a life lived from the inside out versus a life lived from the outside in. Living from the inside out means living from your spirit outwardly, whereas living from the outside in means living from your flesh, your body, inside out. In the previous episodes of this series, we talked about the two distinct lifestyles, living from the inside out versus living from the outside in, and how these can be applied to meditation, how this affects your mental health and mental illnesses. In these next episodes, we're going to apply living from the inside out, that is from your spirit outward, to an area that is of interest to all of us. Relationships. I'll be interviewing a couple who built their relationship focusing on the spiritual character of the other person. This is contrary to how most people approach relationships today. Buckle up and let's dive in. Before they could love each other, they had to love themselves. Before they could love themselves, they had to love their Heavenly Father. Before they could love their Heavenly Father, they had to understand that He loved them first. When they believed His love for them, to them, and in them, His love that is shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit, He, the Father, that dwells in them by His Spirit, taught them how to walk in love. He taught them that before a relationship is built, first, a foundation of true love has to be built. Love is the only sure foundation for every relationship, but not any kind of love, God's kind of love. He taught them that without God's kind of love, all these relationships, business, romantic, friendship, parent to child, peer-to-peer, citizens-to-country, authority-to-citizens. Without God's kind of love, all these relationships crumble. But what is God's kind of love, they asked. He said, God loves in deed and not in word only. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He reminded them that it was him who saved, It is not good for a man to be alone, and so he created a woman. That he who finds a wife finds a treasure and obtains favor from the Lord. So he wasn't against their romantic love. He taught them that before a lifelong romantic relationship in love, they needed to learn how to relate to each other in love. And not just to themselves, but to everyone around them. He reminded them about a new commandment he had given them in John chapter 13, verse 34. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. 
And in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, when he said, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. He kept teaching and showing them how to relate in love. He taught them God's kind of love is no respecter of persons. True love doesn't love at home, but hate at work. True love is not only patient at home, but in traffic also. True love isn't only long-suffering with your kids, but with the neighbor's kids also. And they kept learning and trusting him. He continued to teach them from his definition of love. He reminded them about what he had said in Romans chapter 13, verse 10. That love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So he taught them that love endures long and is patient and kind to everyone. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy to anyone. Love is not boastful or vainglorious to anyone. Love does not display itself haughtily to anyone. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride towards anyone. Love is not rude unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly towards anyone. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Love is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love, God's kind of love, never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. They were overwhelmed by his definition of love. They were overwhelmed with how to love with God's kind of love. But he reminded them, of course, they couldn't and wouldn't do it on their own. He would be there along their journey of a lifelong love. That's why they needed him in their relationship and in their hearts so that his love would be shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. He reminded them of his words in Philippians 4, chapter 13, that they can do all things through Christ that strengthens them. They can love with God's definition of love through Christ that teaches them how to love. They were comforted. He asked, if they still wanted to learn how to love each other, they say, yes. He continued to teach them from his definition of love. He taught them that when he first loved them, he looked beyond their outward appearance, their skin complexion, race, height, weight, money, and so forth. He taught them that most people focus on physical attraction as the foundation to build love 
But what they miss is the fact that when their creator, their heavenly father, first loved them, he loved them before they were even in their mother's womb. He loved their spirit first before their spirit ever wore any human flesh. He reminded them of his words in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He was teaching them his ways, and that his ways are not man's ways. For God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. He was teaching them that a house of love built on the outward appearance will not last. Why? they asked. He reminded them of his words in 2 Corinthians 4.16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He told them, a house of romantic love built on the inward man, the spirit man, will always stand because the inward man can be renewed day by day. But a house of romantic love built on outward appearance, on possessions and status will eventually crumble because the outward man, the outward appearance, perishes day by day. Wow! They said, thank you, Father, for unveiling this mystery. They were glad. When they opened their eyes to look at each other once again, they were more physically attracted to each other. Sparks were flying. They weren't even in the same room. They weren't even in the same country. He laughed at them and reminded them that his ways are not man's ways. He told them, they were ready to love. They had trusted him. They had put their faith, hope, and love in him. They had asked him to teach them how to love and relate to each other. They are still learning to love, but their heavenly father has given them the confirmation that they are ready for a lifelong relationship in romantic love. Episode 9 of the Spirit, Soul, and Body series. In this episode, I continue the discussion with Tolo and Ruth about how they built their relationship focusing on spiritual character. 
In this episode, we dive deeper into why dating and relationships today are trial and error, and the misconception that having sex is the foundation for building intimacy. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind, and let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about spirit, soul, body, how to live from the inside out versus living from the outside in. And specifically, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about how that applies to you if you're single, whether whether you're single, dating, um, engaged, and even married. So right now, we're, we're getting a... The, the curtain has been pulled back for... For us, we have on the show right now, we have Tolu and Ruth. If you've listened to the previous episodes, you know that we've gone from the stage when they were both single and they were both in a place where when they were seeking for partners, their focus was primarily on what the person's appearance and all these, you know, the the, the worldly things, the the, 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 the the physical things, the you know, the possessions and, and that, that those were, that was their main focus. But at a certain time, they both were at a place where they still weren't getting, they weren't finding any contentment with the people they were dating at that time or the people that they were considering as prospects. So both of them had to go back to the father, to the Lord Jesus. They both had to go back to God who then reinstilled in them what his desire, how he guides his children to pursue relationships, how, how, how his children should come together in union, in marriage, what the journey should be like. And so they both had to lay a different foundation. And Tolu shared about how, you know, he, he had to change his lifestyle and his friend group changed. And Ruth likewise also shared that, you know, she had to filter out her friends, you know, the, the circle of people around her. Uh, they both shared that they had to pick up new habits. They had to be very intentional about the kind of movies, music and content that they were bringing in, exposing themselves to through their eye get, ear get. And, and so we've gone through a step we've gone through the transition from both being single to uh they they didn't do what we call today dating which is in the world that is basically we're just going to pick up from there so right now we know the stage that they are at they they they're engaged and but they went they did things differently they went from friendship to being engaged and, and we were talking about the world today has this step in between that is called dating. Now, some people might say, well, dating, there's nothing wrong with dating. I mean, I'm just getting to know her. Oh, I'm just getting to know him. But we know what the definition of dating is in the world today. And Ruth, you mentioned something very interesting. You say there's a lot of people today, a lot of men in their 40s who are not married. Because basically, I, I believe is that the way the world looks at dating, which is you basically have access 
when when you put a label on it, let's say they're my boyfriend, they're my girlfriend, we're seeing each other, whatever the ship is, friends, you know, <laughs> as we call it, whatever, whatever the ship is, um, we, I think we can all agree that basically what it does is that it gives access to all of her or it gives it gives the guy access to all of her or it gives the girl access to all of him minus the prenup wouldn't you guys agree that that's basically what what it is right now in the world where is uh, the moment you put a label on it it's almost like well now you can get all the access you have to her and and you can get all the access that you want to him yeah. The only thing that's really missing is a prenup. What What do you guys have to say about that? Again, we'll since since there's been a little uh, trouble deciding who goes first. I will say, um, be a gentleman, open the door for the lady, and set the stage. <laughs> I thought you were asking Ruth, so I just I was excited to listen listen to what. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, Ruth, or you Ruth, feel free to go first. Yeah, yeah, sure, I can go first. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, um, indeed, uh, the way dating is now, um, or rather, in the world, I, I, it's like, like you said, yes, you have total, total access to the man, and likewise for the lady, so you get to do things that normally one who is a believer shouldn't do you're basically married you're doing things that a married couple should do but you're not married so you ha you're giving access not just to 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 your body but also I, I don't know if most people know but also there's there's a soul tie so that's why even if one has been involved with someone not necessarily even by having um sexual relations with that person but you build soul ties so you're doing things with that person you're you know <clears throat> involved in in things together basically what married couples should do but you haven't um you know <laughs> you haven't tied that knot you haven't come together in covenant before man and God to say, okay, this is the one woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with, or this is the one man that I want to spend the rest of my life with. So basically what Dayton does is that, so you, you be, you're with someone for now for a bit and you find out that, oh, this is not someone I want to sp spend my time with. So I don't think Dayton actually necessarily looks at the long term. It's always short term. So and I think that it's a selfish thing. So you only want to get, get, get from that person. That's all. It's a selfish, it's a, it's just a selfish mindset, the way I see data now in the world. No one really wants to give, so to say, or, or to serve each other. All you want to do is get. So for the man, all they want to get is sexual relations from you. And from the woman, all they want to get from the man is money. So if you're giving me money, I'm giving you this. So it's just basically an exchange now. That's what dating is now in the world. And I, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <clears throat> she didn't pull any punches. So <laughs> Tolu, what do you what do you have to say to this? <laughs> um, as I'd say for like as a believer, um, 
dating is something that you don't want to try to you don't want to try to repurpose the customs of this of this world, especially as a believer, um, mm-hmm. um, because it's very easy to fall into the traps of the enemy in that sense. Because, as as Ruth said, when you are building relation, the reason why we we had to put accountability into it is that we were um, we're we're getting to a closer level of friend, friendship, and so it's very easy for you to to overly um to overly commit yourself in the wrong way and um and to enter into bad forms of commitment through sin right and to through um immorality um because again even if you are as, as a believer you are you, you can't make mistakes but if you're doing it alone you're bound to make even more mistakes um and these things might also set you down the path of, um, you know, doing things that you're not supposed to do, things that don't please your um, um, your God, you know, Elohim. And I think that um, in dating, you have to, you you have, you have to. I mean, in dating, dating itself does not um, doesn't have a desire to esteem God. The 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 principles of it does not does not have a desire to esteem God. As as Ruth said, the principles of dating is to have everything that marriage is supposed to have, but without marriage, which marriage is a design from God to enjoy union with Him and with man and with woman, and and so it's um, dating takes God out of that relationship. And focuses it, focuses it, um, takes it, and puts it in full focus to um, just the man and the woman trying to figure out themselves together, and that could have a ton of experiences involved in that. Um, some might be like, "Oh, well, I didn't have a bad experience," but the thing is that it's all about the purpose at which we do things. You are. If you're if you're stagnating in a period, then you're not really moving anywhere, and mm. there's, there's a reason for your life. There's a reason for your life as a young man. There's a reason for your your life as a young woman, and there's a reason for you in your singleness. So, um, if you're not really hitting that point in your singleness um, in this journey, if you're not walking with the Father and you're not hitting that point of singleness in your, in your singleness then there are certain things that you'll have to battle later on in life that, you know, it would have been great to have built a proper foundation in God and in your walk with him to submit your heart to him in all your ways that will help you even when you have a family. Because if you build the wrong foundation, which I find that this is what's happening because people are going from dating to like say, let's do common law, to say we've just been around. So some, even some ladies say, you know, now they just want to have babies by themselves. And it's just, now it's, an, it's just a whole chaotic mess. And um, as, a, as a believer, you know, the, the reason why the word says to stay away from these things is that this is where the enemy lays traps for us that we, so we don't fall into the traps of, of the evil one when it comes to, um, you know, journeying towards marriage and um, being and staying in singleness 
So we're not mm. already in. And because you may not need to, it may not be the time to journey, journey towards marriage. Again, you are led into marriage. You don't go into marriage by yourself. You are led by the spirit into marriage. You don't go into all these things by yourself. So if you, it's in, if it's, if it's in your season of singleness, then you could also have lures, you know, things that could lure you out of that could lure you out like you know this guy that's you know looking good and that had i had lures you know while i was in my singleness like yeah. you know, i had sisters you know that look good that sang in the church they you know they someone someone's even in my field you know of expertise i was like ah you know this must be the person and that was a lure you know and i the, the father the father had to you know like give me a tap on the head like no what are you doing you know, like it's not, it's not the, it's not what I set for you. You're, yeah. you're, there's purpose in singleness and your purpose is not to keep on trying to find the person you're married, married to, you're going to get married to. Your purpose is to walk with the father, journeying with him on this path, on this path, yeah. you know, and because it's, it's not an easy path then, first of all, but it's a path that becomes, um, that becomes more fruitful and more meaningful when you're living it led by the Holy Spirit. If you're not living it led by the Holy Spirit and you're going by yourself, you end up in the traps of, of Satan. One of those traps is by going through dating and then you think that you can repurpose that and then you you end up falling falling into a trap that, you know, um, it, it wasn't the Father's plan for you, you know? So that's that's those are my thoughts on it. Okay, um, what I'm going to be doing, there's so many questions, a lot of questions, so for the best use of our time today, I'm just going to, whenever you guys talk, what I do is uh, I just, you know, I extract some talking points from that, so I'll just throw them back to you guys, and uh, feel free to go at it, whoever wants to go first. So, yeah. while you guys are talking, uh, Ruth, you're talking about soul ties that come through dating and uh, i know Talu, you also talking about uh, i guess both of you are talking about that dating is almost like an experiment right now mm. uh we you know you have access to all of him you know she has you know you have access to all of her she has access to all of him you know it's more like a sex for money thing mm. mm -hmm. And we're also talking about the takeaway from this, I guess we know how this is actually playing out in the world is people, again, I, I want to relate it to when you are focused on a lifestyle that is inside out versus outside in, if you're living from the outside in where you're depending on external uh, circumstances and, 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 you know, the appearance and all of these things, then of course you're going to want to date because I mean, you want, because a lot of people today, you know, again, we're talking about the sex for many thing. Well, it's sex is now even, even in married couples, but I'll say for people who are even people who aren't married yet, sex has been elevated to a point whereby that if you have this amount of sex, like there is so much satisfaction that comes with it. There's this deception and that's why it's being sold. It's, it's selling because it looks like it makes sense because 
you know, a lot of people, there is, you know, like, let's say if they're in a relationship. Well, the common things that we hear are, well, I want to know, like, you know, is the sex going to be fun? Like, I want to know that 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 is a blocker for a lot of a lot of people today are not married because of, of, of this, because it's saying, well, you know, let's say for the guy, you know, how much fun, like, is the sex going to be fun? You know, like, how am I going to be married to them? Let's say, uh, man, how do I sign this? You know, how do we how am I going to get married to her, you know, for, I don't know, 20, 30 years? I need to know. Is the sex going to be fun? Mm. And vice versa as well. And I think what sex has done, uh, sex has replaced, again, it goes back to that inside out. If you're living from the inside out, because we know that there's people that have slept, you know, even in the Bible, uh, King Solomon. Mm -hmm. King Solomon. He had uh, 300 wives and 700 concubines. (laughs) Wow. He was not satisfied. <laughs> and this is this is the wisest man that ever lived. That that when he asked God for wisdom, God blessed him with everything else because they well, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for long life. I will bless you with wisdom. But you when you look at how he writes at the end of uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, yeah, he says. This is the sole duty of man. And I want to make sure that um, I'm, I'm getting it correctly here. He says, uh, where is that? Ecclesiastes chapter 12. He says, and this is someone who had, again, 300 wives and 700 concubines. He says in, in, in verse 12, chapter 13, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Hmm. For God shall bring every work into judgment. With every secret thing. Whether it be good or bad. Whether it be good or evil. So a lot of people are stuck right here. Hmm. Again also because. One one of the things that you mentioned. I don't know who mentioned it. But you say that. I think Tolui was you. You say that. You, and, I, and I'm sure, Ruth, it's been the same way for you, whereby both of you somehow just exponentially started to even be more attracted to each other because mm-hmm. of the uh, spiritual connection and character that had been established. Like, all of a sudden, they're, like, looking way harder than when you first started talking <laughs> to them, right? Is, is that, I mean, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is, like, working on it. And... <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's kind of like this thing where, where I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna kind of like uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just like open some just a little peek in the curtain, <laughs> so I could be talking about something now, and she's laughing because she knows exactly what happened, and I could be talking about something, and all of a sudden like like I'm like oh what did you, what so what was I saying and she's absolutely. Not, it's all going over her head because she was looking at me. And, you know, I mean, now we can laugh over these things, but it happened. But at the same time, like, I've also been in this scenario where, like, I could, I mean, if she says something or there's just something she, uh, she's done, I've just been like, wow, like, whoa, that blows my mind there. And, 
and so it, and it's a, imagine that going on every day because you're discussing with that person it's like then that goes from like zero to hundred you know wow mm-hmm. And zero to zero to hundred in, in the Holy Ghost realm is a different zero to hundred. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's 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 a real problem that uh, I think a lot of people want to get want to feel this attraction that we're talking about. That just all of a sudden, you know, the person, it, it's like you almost like you're blinded. Like they, they just so you're just so attracted to them. But a lot of people want to feel that at the beginning without mm-hmm. laying that other foundation. And, you know, you know, once they have sex and, and, and then it's like, well, what else is there? Like, you know, if, if, they're, if they're disappointed in the sense of uh, the level of happiness or, you know, maybe they wake up and, and you know, next week, you know, ne- next day comes around. And they're like, well, something else is missing. Then they attribute that to that person not mm-hmm. being worthy of taking that next step with. Wouldn't you guys agree that that's, that's essentially what's happening here? Is Yes, yes. Um, sorry, I just wanted to add also that um, even in marriage, so um, you're married, you're not going to have sex every day. So what are you going to do? Okay, let's say, for instance, you, you're going to have sex maybe, I don't know, two hours in a whole day. So what will you do for the rest of the 20, <laughs> 22 hours? 22 hours, right? <laughs> so that's where the friendship comes in. That's where the, you know, the purpose comes in. That's where the connection, the friendship because you have to learn to communicate, to talk to each other. So, but that's what dating has now been able to, to you know, reverse in a sense where um, they have sex, and that's the only thing, just having sex. Because you you only meet to have sex. You don't even know much about that person, or you go so date funny. someone, and that's the only thing you do. And then you find out that oh, so he does this. Oh, she does this. Oh, she's like this. Because you didn't have that time. And that's what friendship is all about. That's what courtship is about. Learning each other. Seeing that, is this the person that I want to spend? Do we have the same values? You know. And first of all, I just want to make clear that if you're a believer, you shouldn't even find an unbeliever attractive. Like, uh uh-uh. No matter how handsome he's looking and whatsoever, like you shouldn't because light has nothing to do with darkness. So if you're a believer and you're looking for someone to spend, to marry and to spend the rest of your life with, then an unbeliever should not be an option at all. Tell tell, tell <laughs> No, I no, I just really want you to to continue hopping on that because uh, there is there is an issue of soul ties there. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in the world don't know this. Like they they think that when when two people are dating and and you know you know and let's say you know you have uh, physical contact that they, they think. I, 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 and even just being around each other and whatnot, they, they think that like there's nothing that is affected, mm. uh, you know, about them. But in the spirit realm, we know that this is this world. Well, you know, we we are in the physical world, but it's governed mm-hmm. by the spirit realm. And so, okay. soul ties are real. May, maybe uh, just that one of you, Ruth, you you can take it. I mean, 
right now I'm, I'm just enjoying listening so take it away soul ties tell him that it's a real thing <laughs> Yeah, so it's a real thing. And I just want to also say that since we're talking about the dating aspect in the world, from the world perspective, of course, most people get engaged, you know, sexually. So, of course, that's a huge part. So if you're if you're having sex with someone or not, but you're being engaged with this person and doing things that, you know, generally a married couple would do, you are building soul ties in the sense that, like you mentioned you're being yoked with that person spiritually so a part of you is now with that person and a part of that person is now with you so that's why you see um there are certain behaviors that people which was actually alarming for me because i learned just that there are certain behaviors that someone tends to you know, start acting up or a personality that just comes up. It's from that person that you've been with. So just to show you that it also shows out naturally. Maybe you didn't used to talk this way or maybe act or behave this way. But you see yourself behaving this way because you're being with that person. Because naturally, that's why we see married couples now. And you see both of them and you're like, oh, they start to look alike. Do you get? Because they it's have weird, to but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh -huh. weird because that's the way God designed it. So this man and this woman who have ordained to be one, that's what it's supposed yeah, to be. One, they one actually flesh. become one. Yes, one yeah. flesh. One, of course, their soul is being united. Their spirit is being united. And that's why through, through the act of sex, that's been happened. You know, a covenant, a blood covenant. So that's been, um, that's, that's going to actualize whatever it is. Um, so if you're doing that with one person and then the next person and then the next person. So those are like bits of you, bits of you in this person and a couple of other people. So that's why it's really sad that if people are <laughs> finding it really or they're happy about the fact that they have, I don't know, 1000 body counts or whatsoever, then. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> then you have a lot of soul ties to do with. Because, and it's not just, another thing is that it's not just for yourself, but also for generations to come, for the, the your unborn children, you know, certain things that, so these are like yokes that you have to uh, denounce, that you have to break, and this can only be done spiritually and through the help of God. Yeah. It, it's, um, you're talking about soul ties. And now, and now it's getting really, uh, you know, you, you're saying that in order to cut them, you have to involve, you, you have to really involve God. Like you now yes. have to go, there's no other way. And again, we're talking about spirit, soul, body, and we've gone all the way from how all our identities, in order to go away from looking at things externally and judging people and viewing women and viewing men from a lens from from just a, a natural a physical lens to being more internally minded we had to establish a new foundation which was god like he had to break that old mentality yeah they had to be there had to be a renewal of the mind and i know that oh for me it was I don't think that I could have done it without God. 
I honestly do not think that I could have done it without God. And I see that, uh, I see, you know, you know, sometimes um, when you talk to people who are struggling, let's say in other areas such as, um, you know, well-meaning people who are struggling with, let's say, um, let's say for instance, pornography. And, and let's say they're trying to, you know, stop that, that addiction. And they're really fighting with their own will. You know, they're counting days and, and, and this and that. And it's almost like there's some places that once you are yoked, once that soul tie happens, that only God can break it. Mm. Only, only mm. you, because you, you, you did something in, in the natural realm, in, in the physical world, but it invoked something in the spiritual realm. So you're going to need someone who has spiritual power. And we know the scripture says God is a spirit to go to, to, uh, to untie you from that contract. And a lot of people, like you just said, a lot of people do not know that even when they're doing, um, uh, what is it now? What do they call it? Common law mm-hmm. is the reason as to why when we look at the marriage covenant straight away from the Bible, Ruth, you mentioned something really important. You're talking about a blood covenant. Now, we know that a lot of Christians, uh, not just Christians, but yeah, even, you know, even Christians, like for me right now, it makes a lot of sense as to why God really ordained it for, mm-hmm. you know, like not just man and woman, but it's like the, the virginity aspect, both for the man and the woman, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. uh, right then, then, the first time of that union is it's it, a, a blood covenant was signed. Mm. And, and, God, and, and, and everything, if you look from the scriptures, uh, from, from Genesis to Revelation, everything that God has, all, every covenant, every, every, it's almost so to say every deal that God has ever signed or brought us into uh, partnership with him, it was all a blood covenant. The first covenant was a blood covenant, the blood of animals. When uh, Adam and Eve sinned, you know, when now God, the first, this is actually pretty interesting because an animal had to be killed. No animal had been killed up to that point. You know, an animal had to be killed so that God would make, uh, change their suits and give them an animal suit instead of their fig leaves and whatever. Then it's very interesting that every covenant that God signed was by, was through blood. Then the second covenant was the covenant of blood through circumcision. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after the covenant of circumcision, then we know about how we Gentiles, who are Gentiles, were invoked mm-hmm. into the covenant with God. That was through the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see, we see blood, blood, blood. Now, we know that every time there is a relationship, you know, Covenants are signed when you're just dating or when you're just trying to fill out people and see who can, you know, how much happiness you can get through having sex with someone and all of that. People don't understand that, that you are signing a deal, like you're signing, you're legally binding. You may not know it, but any exchange, anytime there's any exchange, you, you are binding, you're sealing the contract. And in the spirit realm, you're basically invoking all these soul ties, like you were saying, 
you know, people start to talk alike. People start to have the same habits and behaviors. And what people don't realize is that the person who gets to pay for it is the person that maybe you finally settle down with. Hmm. Yeah. They're the person uh, that they get to pay for it because you signed all these soul ties with all the people that, you know, you were having along the way, you were dating and trying out and seeing, trying error and whatever. Then maybe eventually you get tired and you're like, okay, I'll just settle with the final option. Hmm. And it's like you, both of you, well, maybe hopefully know both of you but if both of you have kind of been doing that by the time you get together there's so much baggage there soul time wise yeah yeah um just kind of <clears throat> just kind of go and uh, jump in on that i think that is it's very important to um again this is why it's great to to prayerfully observe and to keep of proper boundaries and to be accountable so you don't fall into traps so you don't get led astray um for the believer and for the unbeliever that is like you know that might be listening you know is to understand that sex is not just you know just a transactional thing it's not just a body to body thing there's a there's a there's spiritual aspects to it we are spirit beings that are wrapped around our flesh. I mean, that are that our flesh. You know, we 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 wrap our we live in our flesh suits pretty much. Like mm -hmm. I say it this way, and mm -hmm. so everything we're doing is actually interaction between spirit and spirit. And so, um, and then you know, as as uh, Calvin said, you know, you said that you know, um, you said God is a spirit, and you know, we worship Him in spirit and in truth. And another thing about the context of marriage and sex and and the blood covenant is that you know in the context of marriage god is supposed to be the headship of the man and then the the, the headship of, of of the woman is the man the and you know there's this kind of beautiful there's this beautiful uh, encapsulation that god encapsulates this marriage and is the headship of the man or headship and the man and the man being the headship of the woman so it's very it's a very godly it's a very very um, um consecrated union <clears throat> now when you're dating people you have to think about it from that same standpoint that this is not just a this is a now this isn't you're you're taking um god out of that standpoint you're taking elohim out of this standpoint and taking the father the son in his presence out of this standpoint but there's still going to be a headship there's still going to be a headship of a man there's and there's still going to be the headship of um the woman as well and even for women and for men you know that be careful of whom you're yoking yourself to be careful this is why prayerful observation matters because the word is the one that discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart um if you're not if you're not with the word as a single person if you're not with the father as a single person receiving his word you cannot discern the thoughts and intents of anybody's heart you don't know what's going on in anybody's heart you don't know why they do what they do so they might even come this day today people are very 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 elaborately packaged 
they are very, very, I know Ruth is laughing because we, we literally talk about this, that if not for Elohim, for God, we, it's very easy to be deceived because whatever comes at you these days seems good. It seems right. They, they go to churches, they go to places and, you know, they, 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 they have a form. It says, this word says, if having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm-hmm. So um, it's for us as, you know, as a believer and, and even for those that don't know of this, but are intrigued by this, you know, the first thing is not to say, okay, I need to stop doing this, but actually to say, Father, I need you, I need you to let to begin to teach me. I need to, to, I need to sit down with you. I need to, you need to teach me and, and guide me and fill me with your word because it yeah. is only the word that is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Only the spirit searches the hearts of all men and knows the hearts of kings. You know, so only the Holy Spirit knows the hearts of kings. This is what the spirit life that flows through the spirit to the soul, to the body looks like. You know, that you do not get deceived because deception is very modern. Deception is not something that is like, it's not blatantly evil. In fact, the reason why for us now we see these things like, oh, that's disgusting is because now the spirit is active in us. Before, it's very convincing. It's very, very convincing. It's like you go to the same church together, you do these things. And you even find people that, you know, profane the name of, of the father, you know, that, that want to bring the father's name to nothing in the church. That they have the lifestyles that are, that are, that, that are an abomination to the father. They're in there with you. They, they go to, they go to different things. You're going to find them talking eloquently, dressing all these ways, um, you know, looking smart, thinking intellectually, um, sound so it seems good but upon using the word which is a really great thing because in our experience that was the reason that we started to draw closer to each other because like wow this um as we're praying as we're reading the word we begin to get more confirmations spiritually and that began that that was the word discerning that this is my child and this is my child and you are on the same road so even if you're even let's say you've discerned now this is his this is his child but he might tell you you're not on the same road yeah that's another discerner right so that's those are kind of those things that i've noticed in and like the the word it need you need to be in the word that as a single person you need to ask the father to teach you his word he can teach you you know not just reading from your pastor not just getting from, you know, YouTube and everything and, you know, just getting from secondary um, um, information, but mm. investigate. And how do you investigate? Ask the Father, Father, teach me every day your word. And that yeah. will help you moving out of, from singleness and, in, in, and even traversing while being single, because it's, again, it's all about being led. If you, if you, if you are not led, and you, you might fall for a trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, those are kind of the things. In the next episode, we'll continue the discussion with our guest, Tolu
truth on this subject of building a relationship on a foundation of spiritual character. We'll talk about why the spiritual filter is the most accurate and sure way to discern a lifelong partner. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. In contrast, using other outward filters puts us in a position where we lose a frame of reference when their physical appearance changes or they can't seem to earn the same amount of money. When life uncertainties happen and the person we looked at as our source for self-worth, identity, security, when they can no longer meet these expectations, it's very easy to lose confidence in this person and ultimately their relationship or marriage. This was episode 9 of the Spirit, Soul and Body series. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.